Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 802 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Rick Dollywall is going to join us in just a moment here to kick off Hour 3. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at Kintech.net. We had to work the phones to get our next guest. We had a little bit of a connectivity issue, but we got him now. Rick Dollywall joins us now on the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Dolly? Sorry about that, guys. I uh, accidentally uh, hung up. Uh, accident. It was an accident. Accident. Okay. Taylor's here. Henderson's here. We, you know. You know. This stuff happens when we all get together. Chaos. Whoa. Chaos. You can hear all the noise in the background. It is chaos back there. It's uh, chaos here, twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. So, Dolly, give us uh, uh, give us an update on the Canucks phone working. Is it? Are they big time working the phones, or are they small time working the phones? Oh, they're. they're, they're look, you take look, look at Susie out right. And the blue line gets banged up even more after the Colorado game. And by the way, uh, uh, tough to get injury updates yesterday. The team had the day off. Uh, they didn't call anyone up yesterday, which is a uh, you know a pretty good indicator they might be okay. But you know we'll wait to see practice this morning in Seattle. But with Susie out and the blue line getting banged up even more, um, you can bet the Canucks are working the phones looking for D. I asked last night if the Canucks are ramping it up on the trade front. With the injuries piling up in the blue line, I was told the Canucks have been aggressive in the past month. You know, it just, you know, this situation with the injuries isn't going to make them aggressive. They've been aggressive uh, for the past month. You know that Nikita Zeradoff and Chris Tanev are still on their radar. You never stop trying. The biggest problem is the lack of cap space. No one else is making trades. That should indicate to you guys how hard it is right now in the NHL trade market. If I'm the Canucks right now, I'm on the phone with Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, Taylor Hall's out for the season. Perfect time, perfect place, maybe possibly. Keep an eye on that. You can move a winger for a defenseman if they like any uh, D in Chicago. Okay, all you got to do is look at the Oilers. There is no more desperate team in the NHL to make a trade than them. They haven't made one. And when did they fire their coach? 10, 12 days ago? Mm-hmm. Prices are high, and if you want to move out a bad contract, teams want sweeteners. And and right now, the NHL trade market is quiet for a very good reason. It is a tough, tough environment to make trades right now. So are they, they're still open to trading a guy like Connor Garland or maybe oh, Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah. Yes, 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 100%. Look, I and the other thing I asked was, you know, how are you going to get the money to sign Ethan Bear in December? And, you know, they got to create some cap space here. You can't just keep going with zero cap dollars available. But, yes, uh, um, Jason, they are, they're, they're out there. They're working the phones, and they got to clear up some cap space here soon if they want to add to the blue line. Or maybe it's a money-in, money-out deal. You know, here's 
four million out, you give us four million in. It's a tough environment to make trades. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, they haven't stopped working the phones. Um, they must be pretty happy with Nils Hoglander's play over the last little while. Oh, how can you not be? Like, um, someone said, uh, I, I don't know who it was, that the Canucks are willing to move Hoaglander. I'm not hearing it that way. Hmm. Teams call on him. Teams call on all young players all the time. But six goals is pretty good by Hoaglander on the fourth line, four-game point streak. It'll be interesting to see for me if Tockett moves him up in the line lineup. It's always about trust, right? If Tockett thinks Hoaglander's defensive play has improved enough, he'll get a chance higher in the lineup. I give him credit, though. He hasn't complained. Last year, you, you know, Rathbone wasn't happy, and, and you know, Hoaglander and, and Pod Colson, all three of those guys had a lot of adversity last year, right? They got sent down, and they were bounced around up here, there, everywhere. i got to give Hoaglander credit. He hasn't complained. He goes out. He works his ass off. But he knows the key to more minutes, and, you know, the key to his coach's heart is better defensive reads and better play without the puck. This is the third coach that's had Hoaglander on the fourth line playing eight, nine, ten minutes. And, you know, Green did it. Boudreaux did it. Mm-hmm. They all did it. And, you know, slowly, but he, he six goals. So he is overproducing for the minutes he plays, and Kuzmenko is underproducing for the minutes he plays, three goals in 19 games. It's amazing how, you know, the one guy's not getting many minutes, and he's got double the goals. Are you worried about the top line right now with PD, Kuzmenko, and Mikheyev? Well, I, I just talked about Kuzmenko. Like, I, you know, we all knew he was going to be in top to score 39. You know, team's got a good book on him. There's a ton of film on him. And, you know, we all knew there was regression. His shooting percentage last year, I think, was number one or number two in the NHL. And this, I did not see three goals uh, in 19 games, and especially with the amount of time on the power play in the first uh, unit. I just didn't see that. You know, Pedersen, everyone's talking about injuries. Is he banged up? Is it uh, the contract? It is not the contract. Uh, he's not a UFA. William Le- Nylander is a UFA. You know, Pedersen is a RFA. There, I cannot see how the contract could be possibly a problem when he's got a year and a half left in Vancouver before he does become a UFA. So I don't buy the contract talk. It, those talks continue between Alvin Rutherford and Brisson and Barry. And I, I told you guys last week that contract's not going to get done today or tomorrow. It's going to take time. I don't buy the contract. If he's hurting then there might be an explanation for, you know, obviously the last seven games and his five-on-five production hasn't been great. But, okay, I'll buy the injury uh, situation with Patterson, but I'm not buying the the contracts a problem because everyone you talk to about the contract, they're all saying the same thing. Lots of time, no rush. This will happen in due time. So I don't think, the, I don't think with Patterson it's a contract, guys. I, I don't buy that at all. So overall, just an incredible start for the Vancouver Canucks. We were oh. saying yesterday that of all the seasons we've covered the Canucks, and maybe as long as I've been a, f- a fan, I don't know if I've ever been more surprised, either pleasantly or, on the other hand, uh, at the start for the season. 13-6-1, you got all these players uh, leading the NHL in the scoring race. Uh, talk about, you know, Thatcher Demko for the Vesna. Talk about Rick Tockett oh. for head coach. I mean, it's been a Incredible, but I think one of the maybe even 
underappreciated good things about this season is what some of the Canucks prospects are doing. Lekaramaki seems to have found his game. Hunter Bruskevich, uh, he seems to be a, a great draft pick. But I know you wanted to talk about Tom Willender as well. I did, and I'll tell you why, uh, Jason, because Craig Button came on our show yesterday and told us his comparable for Tom Willander is Charlie McAvoy. That certainly piqued our ears. That's a $9.5 million defenseman, by the way, Charlie McAvoy. So anyways, I talked to some scouts yesterday who said, you know what, the, the comparable is fair. Like, they didn't think it was out of reach or extravagant or it wasn't over the top. Um, Willander has been great. At Boston this year, at, at Boston University this season, they love his compete level. The way he focuses on his defensive game, the offense will come. He's got a physical element. He moves the puck. His care meter is high. He's a good teammate. Very, very coachable. The adjustment for Willander from Sweden to North America has been seamless. Really good student, by the way, guys. The strong coaching staff led by uh, Coach Jay Pandolfo is a big reason why Willander and his advisor picked BU in the first place. Most top kids don't leave Sweden. You look at Lekaramaki. You just mentioned Lekaramaki. You don't think he could have come to North America? Yes, Mm -hmm. he could have. But the difference is this Willander kid likes a challenge. He wanted to get used to the smaller North American rinks. Sometimes in Europe, we see these high NHL drafted kids. They get pushed to the back of the bus. In pro hockey overseas, they play the older guys. And we saw that with who? Pod Colson in the KHL, right? They get pushed to the lower leagues, which are not very good leagues to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hudson kid at BU may sign with Montreal Canadiens after this season. That's going to open up more responsibility next year and a bigger role for Willander at BU. Canucks development guys, Scott Young and Mike Komisarek, they've been watching them all year. They, you know, everyone's impressed. He's trending in the right direction. It's a big week for Willander. His parents and his sister are visiting this week, and BU's going to play Cornell and Madison Square this weekend. So, Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so you know what? It's a big week for the kid. He, he I look, I, and, uh, you know, we talk about Zach Benson, and I have to bring this up. Because Zach Benson's a Chilliwack kid, two spots after Willander. He told reporters in Buffalo this morning he's going to play his 10th game with the Sabres. As soon as he plays that 10th game, his contract starts and he can no longer slide. Mm-hmm. He scored his first NHL goal the other night, guys. What a beauty it was. Yeah. The only players from last summer's draft who have played NHL games this season, get ready for this, Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, Adam Fantilli, and Benson. You know, many expected him back in Wenatchee of the Western Hockey League by now. It's his hockey sense, the smarts. It's, it's, that's why he's still in Buffalo and going to play his 10th game tonight. Are you pretty confident that Willander will be back at BU next season? I know you just talked about there might be an, uh, an opportunity opening up, but I suppose there is the option, at least for him yeah. to leave school and if not play for the Canucks, which I think is a long shot, go yeah. to Abbotsford. So I asked that question, and that's way too early. Uh, that's going to be end of the season. Willander will talk to his parents, his advisor, uh, the coaches at BU, um, and make that decision at the end of the season. But um, the, 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 uh, the biggest key for Canucks fans is this kid's on the right track, um, he, and he's a right shot D. And when you look at the Canucks D right now, guys, um, the only defenseman I see signed after this season is Heronik. If they get bare, uh, 
you know, I don't know if Bear's only going to be a one-year deal. There's spots in the second and third pair on the right side in Vancouver if Myers doesn't come back, which I don't, you know, mm. I, they need that $6 million in cap space, I would presume. The right side is wide open for the next two, three years, unless, you know, they go out and, um, you know, get a tan of, you know, there's a possibility on July 1st if they don't get him at the deadline. But he might just be a one- or two-year deal anyway. He might be no, like a stopgap no, no. move. You don't think so? Yeah. No, I, I, I think I told Mike this last week, that if Tanev hits July 1st, I think the expectation is he's going to get three years on the market. Oof. you got to remember, um, a veteran guy like Tanev, you know, and I know he's 34. He's well, Ian Cole only got one year. Who's yeah, better? I know. Yeah, but I also I, I will tell you, Ian Cole got one year in Vancouver. It was supposed they had originally talked about more, uh, but you know the cap situation in Vancouver was okay. Well, can you do one? And then Susie got the three. I know they were talking a term for both of them. So sometimes uh, things happen at the last second. But I'm just saying, uh, Willander, I don't. Uh, I was just told that after this season, uh, he'll talk to his family and advisor and uh and go from there but they're certainly open uh, unless they do something with the term on july 1st there's some spots open on the right side in vancouver after heronic for sure rick this was great man as always thanks for doing it we really appreciate it enjoy the rest of the weekend we'll do this again next friday all right guys take it easy rick dollywall from the donnie and dolly show on check tv here on the halford and brush show on sportsnet 650 so i was doing uh, a little bit of research not a huge amount of research very little but um, I read the headline of an article. And I actually clicked on the article. But um, Rick was talking about how difficult it is to make a move in the current financial climate in the National Hockey League, right? That runs up against the fact that we just hit American Thanksgiving, and this is the time of the year, and you hear it on all the talking head panels where teams are ready to make a move to try and either start selling because they know that they're not going to make the playoffs or try and add to their team to get in the playoff race or maintain their playoff position. There have been six trades since training camp opened in mid-September. Six. The Vancouver Canucks have made three of those six trades. The Vancouver Canucks represent 50% of all of the player movement in the NHL this season. It is so bad. It is so bad how the current landscape has become. It is awful for fans. Wesley. It's awful for the league. It's awful for teams that want to try and go out and do things like the Vancouver Canucks. I know I've mentioned this a few times, but I'll reiterate. The Canucks had to make approximately 17 paper transactions just so they could get Mark Friedman. Like that is not normal. We all understand this, right? What's going on? But how much of this is the actual system that's set up, and how much of this is just like a crazy black swan event happened? The pandemic happened, and you couldn't sell tickets to the games. Black swan event happened to all the other major professional sports leagues too, and it hasn't prevented them from having fairly significant player movement. Again, so it's a combination of that event and the hard cap system, the extra hard cap system that the that the NHL has. I feel like we should be talking more about the fact that there are teams that openly discuss we would spend more if we could and we'd do more if we could but we can't. That's not good for the league. You un- you understand this, right? Like it's it's not what's going on right now is not good. Mm-hmm. Nobody no, not good. nobody likes what's happening right now. If you're an owner and you want to make your team more competitive, yeah, and get to the playoffs and get some playoff revenue. You shouldn't be hamstrung to this degree. Mm-hmm. 
I've got plenty of time for people that say you need to control spending in this particular league because we saw the inverse of it back in the the wild days where the big market teams would spend and the poor market teams would die, die on the vine. I get all that. But you should not have – like, again, right now, the <laughs> aside from the Canucks making their deals, the most noteworthy trade in the NHL this season has been the Minnesota Wild acquiring Zach Bogosian. How many NHL GMs do you think when they saw Taylor Hall go down in Chicago were like, ooh, maybe an opportunity there? Yeah, like rubbing their hands together because yeah. now all of a sudden you got a place to dump money. It, I mean, again, I know this. I've been on But this, if you're Chicago, you're like, yeah, we're, we need a sweetener. Yeah, like, Chicago, we need assets. And Chicago gets to hold the rest of the league ran, like, for ransom because yeah. they're like, well, you know what? If you want us to take on some of your money, we want a really big return. And that's not a good system either. It's it's just frustrating to me because right now, the Canucks blue line is thin. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yeah, they're playing by the rules as every other team in the National Hockey League. But if you are a motivated buyer and your team has gotten off to the start that they have and you're going through it right now, you shouldn't be this hamstrung to make improvements to your team. Right? This North American sports works in a all the sports work the exact same way is there are opportunities throughout the season to correct some mistakes and to add to your team and to find a solution when injuries arise. Mm -hmm. Right. It shouldn't be they shouldn't be handcuffed to this degree. Right. But it is. I mean, that's the reality of it. But I, I, I think in some ways you're railing against the system, but I think the system is only part of the problem. And hopefully, when the salary cap goes up, and there is some growth to the salary cap, and hopefully there's not any other black swan event that Mm -hmm. affects revenues like it did. So, I mean, you have to understand, like, how dramatically affected revenues, right? Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like, like, how do we make money in this? Well, we sell tickets to the games. You you can't do that anymore, right? Like, that is, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But... The NHL just has the the NHL beat the NHLPA so badly mm-hmm. in that negotiation that caused a year of the league to just be canceled that they have got the most cost controlled salary cap in all the sport. There's no salary cap in Major League There's Baseball. Nothing like this. You can cut guys in the NFL, and yep. the NBA has a luxury tax. Yeah. Luxury taxes, I mean, if you want to have the happy medium, and a couple people have texted in, um, including Owen and Burnaby. Yeah, the luxury tax is the way to go. If you have owners. But wait, 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 like the way to go. Everyone's like, the luxury tax is the way to go. I think it's the way there, to go. There'd be a bunch of owners in uh, the small markets that would be like, well, it's not the quote-unquote way to go for us because that means uh, the big dogs like Toronto and New York, they're, they're going to be able to outspend all the other teams. At a price. It's not just writing a blank check. It's writing a second check to pay the tax on that. Mm-hmm. You, the MLB's got a screwed up system. Don't get me wrong. But it's because it's just completely open, right? And that's where you get small market teams. They're like, we can't compete with the big teams. You don't want that. And I, you know what? You mentioned like MLS potentially following the European football model. We might see it again with that league. But I do think that the luxury tax is the way to go. If you put it at the end of the day, if you're a guy and an owner that has a competitive team 
that wants to go for it, then yeah, you should be able to spend. But yeah, you're also going to have to pay for it. I mean, some of the texts coming in. Mike, the owners set the salary cap. If they want it to go up, why don't they just do it? The, the owners don't set the salary cap. The CBA sets the salary cap. Yeah, that's an incorrect text. That's what we call misinformation. Yeah, there, so, there's an agreement that they have. Surprised we read that, that one. Well, it's there's there's still like <laughs> you know there's still a lot of like confusion about That's the fair. salary cap and how it works, and I actually think the NHL salary cap compared to the NBA's or the NFL's, like Major League Baseball's, is probably the easiest. Is like there isn't one. Yeah, right. Okay. Now there are other rules that you have to understand in in order to follow the game at a really close level and understand all the ins and outs of the financial situation. But like the NHL's is easy. 50% of the revenue goes to the owners and 50% goes to the players. Mm-hmm. Nice and that simple. 50% of revenue, uh, they kind of like do their calculations and that's the salary cap. Yep. So when revenue goes up for the league, the salary cap goes up. Now, it was a little bit different during the pandemic because they had to rejig it a little bit and the players actually had to, um, because if there was like no revenue, then they'd be like, the salary cap is zero right. this year, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the owners basically had to lend the players money. It's going up by two years next year, right? Or two years, sorry, two million next year, right? That's what, if I, I remember think it's going to go up by more than that. More than two million? Yeah, yeah. They have to have. And, and my question is, after next year, do you think it would go up even more than what it goes well, up next they year? They can't keep doing this. I know that. Like, say fact. if it's two million next year, would it go up by three the following, and then four after that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Th- put it this way: um, it all the, depends on the economy. It all yeah. depends on revenue. Like, they're too tied to the economy, and I think yeah. that I think that eventually people are going to grow sick of well, revenues didn't get to the point that we needed it to. So these incremental um, cap ceiling raises, it's not good enough. To make the league, because eventually the league's going to become not compelling from a transactional front. Well, well, well it already is. It's not, if it, if it, it already is already, isn't. yeah. Right? Like, is is trade deadline day all that interesting anymore? They should, they should do the David day all that interesting anymore? Do the David Ambers idea, which I really like, and I wish they would do it because it's awesome, is that every team is allowed to write off one contract off the salary Just cap. Write it off. Or, or one, one contract. So every team gets one freebie, like whatever well, their they worst. Be- they did that before. I'm, I'm, that do it again. I'm saying whatever your worst contract is. Like, say the Canucks still had Ekman Larson, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Canucks could write off the Ekman Larson thing. That doesn't count against the salary cap. Every team is allowed one I mean, player. I mean, everyone would love that. that. Could, it would be awesome. The guys writing the checks. Ah, who cares yeah. about them? Right, <laughs> we're the, we the fans matter yeah, more. But but the the one thing that we should definitely protect the billionaires more. Yeah, <laughs> I do like this text. L- listening to Mike talk about business is like watching my kid ride his bike for the first time. Yeah, he's 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 careful out there. But like it, it's it's and sometimes he crashes and you know and there's a skin knee. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing I I 100 agree with you is this is bad for the league. It looks awful and it's not. Fun. It doesn't. It it's doesn't not fun look for awful. anyone. It's just. Boring as is hell. Awful. Yeah, like talking about you know all the moves that they had to make to to get like Mark Friedman into the lineup, or, or you know um, it does well, look awful though. You know because you go to the trade deadline and nothing happens. That looks awful for the league. Well, imagine you're like Nils Amon down in the AHL. And you're like, are you telling me like the reason you can't call? And there was this was a situation at one point. I don't think it is anymore. But Nils Amon's like, are you telling me as a guy that's like not making all that much money, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. uh, you can't call me up for salary cap reasons? Uh, I'm Nils Amon. Yeah. But it's the it's the reality of the situation, and there's situations like that throughout the NHL. That was really my point about this entire thing: is that the current state of the NHL is bad. I don't think that that's like uh, watching your kid ride the bike for the first time there, uh, Nanaimo Moj. I just think it's pretty obvious. I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel here. Like what's going on in the NHL right now is not good. 
they don't, and it's been going on for a couple of years now mm. where it's the fallback of, well, we're still dealing with the after effects of economics from the pandemic. All right. Let's have some fun Halford and Bruff talk. No more of this salary cap nonsense that we kind of Can understand. we talk about escrow next thing? <laughs> uh, get your what pile. we learned That's the money in. pile. Get your, this, is your, your, this is your last chance. We're going to pick a winner for the Canucks tickets for Tuesday's home game against the Anaheim Ducks. The Canucks have two more games before that, but both of them are on the road, including tonight in Seattle, tomorrow in San Jose. Uh, get your what we learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. Be sure to include the ticket emoji if you want to be entered into the contest for best what we learned or preferably... Because it's a Friday, ask us anything. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs> On a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Uh, it is soon what we learned and ask us anything time. Hour three brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound? Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay. We got a lot to get into here. Uh, we're giving away some tickets. We got what we learns. We got ask us anything's. We only got about twenty minutes left in the show, so we're gonna bypass all of our what we learns. We're gonna fire up the dot matrix. We're gonna get right into the winners. Andy, please get the winner ready. I will tell you that what we learned. Humanoid Editions is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! The tickets appear to see the Canucks and Ducks Tuesday at Rogers Arena. The winner is... Marcus in Gibson's. Congratulations with your Ask Us Anything with the ticket emoji if you had to build a Canucks core. Four with one player from each era, one from the current roster, Sedin's West Coast Express in the 94 run. What would your core four be? And that, of course, spawned an entire conversation, gave us loads of content, and that's a good way to try and win tickets. Yeah. Well done, Marcus. The yeah. best ask us anything are the ones that actually give us a good conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do our work for us? Yes. Yeah. I like exactly. those ones, too. Exactly. If you can do our job for us, you mm-hmm. have a good chance of winning. Okay, let's move on here. What we learned, congratulations to Marcus, uh, what we learned. This is unsigned. Death, taxes, and the Detroit Lions being the Detroit Lions. Uh, This texter loves the Lions with their coach and style. But this is the type of game the old Lions should lose, not this team. Maybe people need to back off a bit on the Super Bowl contender status. I think they've just got a Thanksgiving jinx. They don't play well on Thanksgiving. The last time the Detroit Lions won on Thanksgiving... Mm-hmm. was in 2016 against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. they. I mean, well, for the longest time, they were a terrible franchise, and they were there almost as like a Thanksgiving fodder. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, if you want to eat a turkey leg on Thanksgiving, play the Lions. You'll get a turkey leg. But um, 
Because at eight and three, they're in the driver's seat for the playoffs. And at the same time, you go back and look at their last three wins, all sort of squeaking them out against not great opponents, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Bears. Yesterday was really bad. And I know Dan Campbell went up to the podium afterwards and took ownership for some of the decision-making on fourth down. I think they Mm -hmm. went for it on five fourth downs, and they missed four of them. And didn't want to throw... Jared Goff under the bus. Obviously, you're not going to do that with your starting quarterback when you're eight and three. But they're they're a good team. I still think that they're a ways away from like the Texas said from being a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Like I don't put them anywhere close to the NFC elites, and that's really just two teams for me at that point. At this point, and that's the Niners and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I don't put even though they're eight and three. I don't put the Lions anywhere close to that. Do you? I don't know about a lot of these teams. Frankly. I think there's two be, elite I'll, teams I'll in, in the you. NFC. That's it. San Francisco and Philly. That's it. But Dallas is looking more and more like it. But I can't. And and I'm like the last guy to get convinced by Dallas because I always feel like like, you're backing up Dak Prescott in Dallas. That's interesting. Well, they've got they've got an unbelievable defense. Do they have a guy that has like five pick sixes on it? uh, Yes, that's set the record. We played it in the intro. Yeah, that's like insane to have. In a season, five pick sixes. Stop throwing towards that guy. Um, You are talking. At least tackle him on the way by. He's talking about, uh, I had it in the notes too, dang it. Okay. Well, we'll just wait for you to find it. Deron Bland, thank you. Yeah, set an NFL record yesterday with his fifth pick six. Uh, touchdown return. I know Bland is a tough word for you. You probably called him Deron Plaid. <laughs> I forgot about that. that uh, Rob and Surya, what we learned, what I've learned is that Andy's new intro music for Moj couldn't be more appropriate. It's almost as simple as the man it was written for. <laughs> If you want the lyric sheet, uh, that's a compliment for Moj. You know what you're getting with Moj. Straight, you're getting football talk and food talk. Yeah, and he never fails you. He yeah. always give you what you that, need. That yeah. is like Belichick would love him because Moj does his job. Yeah, yep. food and beverage. We should be clear. If you want the comprehensive lyric sheet to the new Moj theme song, go to at Andy Cole 1984 <laughs> on Twitter, and you will see it. It's quite a work of art. This is uh, oh. myself. This is a related one. James in uh, Qualicum Beach, or QB, uh, what we learned is that Carson Soucy means more to this team than he gets credit for. Yes, because Carson Soucy has a role and he plays it well. Yep. And now he's not playing that role. Yeah. And everything's into disarray. Now you've got to find the 17 minutes that he plays elsewhere. Right, and he is a good penalty killing defenseman. He provides some physicality. Um, I don't know if you can call him a top four defenseman, but there is value in having a third pair defenseman that you can count on every time. Mm-hmm. Right, he's and out there, and he's like, he's like, I'm a third pair defenseman, and I do that job well. We should make note of the fact that one of the things Dolly Wall brought up was. Um, no recalls yesterday from the American Hockey League on defense because Friedman and Myers were hurt in the previous outing. Uh, we will wait and see if anything comes down this morning. The Canucks skate in three hours. It's an 1130 game day skate at Climate Pledge, Lemon Pledge Arena in Seattle. And then I guess we'll get more word of if Friedman and Myers are good to go today. If Hirose draws into the lineup for one of them, if it, there'll be a recall. But as of now... There's been nothing. Uh, Mike in Nanaimo, this is funny because this happened midweek, and we knew about it. We didn't discuss it on the show, but everyone else was discussing it. Hashtag WWO, what we learned from Mike and Nanaimo. I learned that former NHL official Tim Peel and Sportsnet reporter Mark Spector had quite the Twitter conversation in private in which Tim then posted the convo and sparked a lot of response, including harsh words from Frank Saravalli. Hilarious. So I, when this happened... 
And it all spilled out online. Essentially what happened was Speck asked Connor McDavid after a recent game, you know, instead of trying to win 4-1, don't you just want to go out there and try and win 7-5? And then Connor McDavid replied, Speck, you love this question. And then I guess Tim Peel reached out to Speck to make fun of him for the question. Speck responded aggressively. And then the DMs got released onto Twitter. And then everyone started talking about it. I wasn't sure how we as media were going to deal with it because I was like, I don't even know if we should bring this up. I mean, it's out there in the public sphere, but it's like a pissing match between two guys. Mm -hmm. right? And then I got into the car after our show the other day, and there was Jeff Merrick talking about it right at the start of his show. So I guess it was one of those things that is out there and everyone's discussing it. Um, I'll say this. Um, I respect the fact that Spec fired like right back at the guy because – Part of the, this job is you have to like take a lot of crap and just mm -hmm. sit there and eat it when you get live feedback all the yeah. time, you know? I don't respect anyone publishing private DMs. Yeah, like yeah, if, no, some, that's, uh, yeah. if yeah. someone's going to shoot at you, then you can like, shoot I back. I think that's BS. I think yeah, that's it's like, total garbage. Yeah, that's like we're having a conversation and we're going to have some words and we're going to swear at each other. Especially and at each it's other. childish to share. Especially. But, but that, that's why I would never do that on a DM. With anyone I don't like, know, especially that if I you don't trust, I wouldn't do it because some people cowardly then show like, look at this, what this guy says. You I, th know? I like, think it's a total coward move if you spark or instigate the um, back and forth, yeah, and then run to post it publicly, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to um, throw something at someone, okay. That's your prerogative. Whether you know them or not, if you feel so emboldened to say something or criticize someone, hey, you know what? That's the way of the world right now. But to then turn it into, like, for lack of a better phrase and term, content, mm -hmm. like, that's a joke, right? Yeah. We all get crapped on on a, on a daily basis, like, in this gig, yeah, right? And sometimes you just have to sit there and take it, and then sometimes you'll pop back at someone. But understand that... That being said, uh, I will say, and I think this came out in the conversation, there is nothing that is going to get a media member, especially a sports media member, more in trouble than self-importance. Yeah. And I think in that conversation, which for the record, I don't think should have been released, like no. there was some self-importance that came across, right? Like we are media and Mike and I have an advantage because like part of our whole brand is not taking ourselves too seriously. This but, is true. You know, I've been in, I've been in meetings with the Professional Hockey Writers Association and I'm like, Guys, can we take a moment just to, like, understand what we do for a living here? <laughs> they are scribes. <laughs> yeah. Scribes. Like, like I understand that there you, you still have to apply the journalistic standards to sports. Sure. But then you also have to understand in your mind, like, it's sports. Mm -hmm. And also, there are some bad questions that get asked. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if people are actually, like, even writing out any questions or noting them down during the game before the game? Like, and I don't agree with the notion that a good question is any question that elicits a strong response, because let me tell you, I could ask some very unfair, bad questions that would elicit a strong response. Right. Doesn't mean it's a good question, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's silly. There's, right? there, there's not a, yeah, there's a difference between asking a question that's going to get a good soundbite and asking a good question. You know, instead of how important, uh, so that a lot of reporters start off with like, how important is it for you? Like, mm -hmm. 
I've sure I've asked that a thousand times. Likewise. Right. But, you know, I think one of the best questions you want to start it, how does it feel? Yeah. Because that that puts that makes you think like I'm trying to think about the position that you're in right now. Now, sometimes you might get like a snarky response and you have to take that as a reporter. Right, like if you were to go up to uh, the Oilers after one of their latest losses and like, how does it feel to be in this position? You might get back like, well, how do you think it feels? Mm-hmm. It feels bad. It feels frustrating. But like what you need to do as a reporter is like think about the person that you're asking the questions of. Sure. Right. Think, think, don't just like, you let, know, let like me rephrase hammer that. Question. Why do you guys suck so much right now? <laughs> Yeah. I just want to put it in a different way. Yeah. I'll rephrase it. Yeah. It is a very tough position for both. Totally. Like, I have to admit, like, and I've been in this situation where you're asking questions of guys and whether it's, you know, I've covered Stanley Cup finals, I've covered Olympic gold medal games. Like, you're asking questions of guys that are either super happy and that's easy, but the ones that are super upset, now you've got these people who you don't know are asking you questions and it's a very tough dynamic for both involved because if I was a player and I got some of the questions that I heard, I think I'd be dry saddle. Like I, I 100% think I'd be dry saddle. I could see you being a little pissy because, because I wouldn't, I also wouldn't understand like, like the players also need to put themselves and the coaches sometimes need to put themselves in the position of, of the writers. Like oftentimes a writer, like, he just wants a quote. So when you ask a coach, can you explain what happened on that play? And the coach is like, well, you saw it for yourself. Yeah, but we want it in your words. Th- that's what we want because because it means more mm-hmm. to get it from the head coach as opposed to some media guy. Uh, here's Scott with a what we learned. Hashtag WWO what we learned. Welcome back, Rick Bonus. Yeah, the Jets coach is back from his personal leave. Hopefully that means his wife is doing well. Yeah, the Jets announced today that Rick Bonus has returned after missing nearly a month. Uh, his wife suffered a seizure, and he returned to the team this morning. And the Winnipeg Jets have actually very quietly, because, I mean, especially this show, we have not talked about the Jets whatsoever in terms of covering the Canadian teams, but they've had a really nice season. They're 11-5-2. Yeah, and two. They're two points out of the Central Division lead. I think they've won four in a row. It just be Tampa Bay in overtime? Yeah, like they they're playing pretty well and it's Well, Kyle Connor is probably one of the most underappreciated stars in the NHL. It's funny, I mentioned this last week actually yeah, when he you, is when so you were, good. Uh in Mexico, as we like to say it here. We don't say it like that. But uh, Connor has very quietly put up 14 goals in 18 games. Everyone talks about the other guys that top the goal scoring list, but no one really ever mentions Connor. I mean, yeah. part of it is because he plays in Winnipeg, 100%. Mm-hmm. But they're having a good year. Like, Shifley's having a really... Shifley's got 22 points in 18 games. So yeah. Hellebuck looks to be returning to form. Yeah, too. like, they've got did a lot... Did he have a bit of a shaky start? He did. Yeah. yeah but they, he's back, baby. But they've got some weapons, right? That's the big thing, is, like, when you're talking about a guy that's almost a goal-a-game player in in Connor, and Shifley is a 1C producing like he's producing. Well, the two teams, actually, we probably haven't given enough respect this year, and maybe it's just because the Canucks haven't played them, um, are the two teams that were involved in a pretty big trade, and that's Winnipeg and the LA Kings. Like, uh, the LA Kings are a very good team. LA Kings are fourth in the NHL right now in points percentage because they yeah. haven't played as many games, so that's why they're not up the standings. But that's... Uh, Cam Talbot. 
Yeah, that was a pretty shrewd, like, because, you know. I said it could be an under-the-radar okay well, move. Blake left it. He went on and got, he went big game hunting with Dubois and then gave him the big money and then kind of left the goalie position. And I remember when they signed Talbot, and I guess the the idea was that in Minnesota, his underlying numbers were really good and a couple other stops, like the numbers looked oh, better. Oh, he was good too. Yeah. yeah and then, but I mean, what a gamble, right? Because they he's got him 34 for, now. Well, I'm they got him for virtually nothing. Yeah. Right. He's an, and he's and an that older, allowed them to go out and get Dubois. Uh, should mention, by the way, you mentioned the Jets. Uh, they got their coach back today, by the way. Rick Bonus has rejoined the team. Uh, I think his wife was ill for the a entire, while. That was the entire, oh, was that, that was the entire premise oh, of the role. Yep. There you go. Yep. It's okay. Uh, Justin just Neesman texted text in, I'm a man. I'm 40. Can I get a birthday shout out from my favorite show? Yes. Happy birthday, Justin. Welcome to your 40s. It sucks from here on in. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> That's going to be me in March. Oh, really? Oh, boy. Yeah, they're old. Yep. We are old. I'm going to be the only non-40 on the show? Yeah. Oh, man. You're going to be the youth demographic for I got a way to go, too. You're 40 in March? Yeah. yeah. Nice. How are you going to celebrate? Is it Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> Probably. I, I was very hurt you guys didn't uh, No, that. we can do that one. We just did it. No, you poo-pooed one. it. No, no, no. Bruff did. I think it was a reasonable. <laughs> well, then read it. <laughs> I read it. it. You got to read it. You got to read it. I thought it was a reasonable like one to ask. You got basically... It was a... It was a um, as the large adult child in the room for Andy type text, what would he like a okay. lifetime pass to? I, I'll read this one from Adam, the former bath guy. For the resident child of the group, a dog. <laughs> You're given a lifetime pass to one of these places in the lower mainland, but the catch is you can't go to the others for the rest of your life. Which one are you choosing? My God. See? Castle Fun Park. Crash Crawlies. I don't even know what that is. Or the original Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know Crash Crawlies. What is Crash Crawlies? Oh, that's great. It's it's like Crashy Chuck E. Cheese, but more vertical. It's like a, I've got a bunch of floors, and you can go up where the stairs. It? I think it's, I forget where it is. Oh, but it's, 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 it's uh, instead of like uh, video games and stuff, it's like ball pits, climbing area, yeah. laser tag. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not the actual like arcade style games. It's yeah. more like. Where is it located I've, in the I've, lower mainland? Coquitlam? I think you can see it as you're driving on the yep, highway. Many like a kid's birthday at Crash Crawley. Yeah, the answer, but, by the way, is the original Chuck E. Yes, Cheese. I would pick Chuck E. Cheese in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's got it all. It's got everything you need. Well, we're going there for our, our show dinner, right? Our Christmas. <laughs> right. So dinner. every year we take the dogs out for a nice holiday meal, and this year it will be Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Yeah. A dog's very excited. All you can eat pizza. I know. I know. I know. Speaking of pizza, we went to AJ's yesterday for Thanksgiving. Oh, so dude. Good. I sounded like Dolly while they're like, oh, <laughs> great track. Great track. Um, now they've got a bar pie where they flip the toppings. and they So go- good, Donnie. <laughs> Instead I of, love pizza. Instead of the cheese on top, it's the cheese underneath with a tomato top. Oh, don't do this to me. So good. I was, I, we invited you. Speaking of Dolly, I was going to ask about uh, another clip we played in the intro. Yes. Cheerleading outfit for another Dolly. Dolly Dif- different Dolly at the uh, Cowboys game. That was Dolly hilarious. Parton. Yeah. That was absolutely. Is she the new Betty White? Dolly Parton's 77. I know. Mind-blowing. Um, yeah. The Still rendition. Yeah, the rendition was pretty crazy. Because it's funny, Jack Harlow did the opening game, mm-hmm. the Detroit game, and he was the halftime show. <laughs> but I didn't watch it, but by all accounts, it was the saddest halftime mm-hmm. show yeah. ever. They had like a sort of like rejected igloo from an old like movie set that he came out of because it was supposed to be like yeah. I saw, wintery. Somebody, yeah. somebody photoshopped him into the snow level from GoldenEye on N64. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. He had one background dancer, and it was just a dude. Who went, mm. like, I'm doing the dance on camera now. You can't and see it. I had about a $10 budget. Yeah, it was, and it was really bad. And then, and then, of course, Dallas, right? Like Jerry Jones, 
He's obvious. They're going to go way over the top. And yeah, Dolly Parton played to rave reviews yesterday. What's with all the, like, why are they forcing them to eat turkey after the games? Oh, that's a longstanding tradition. That was back. Well, really? th- now it's become almost Is um, that like in a, memoriam for John Madden. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he, he loved the turducken. Yeah. And he used to put multiple legs on, like they'd stick it in with toothpicks and everything. So everyone could get a turkey leg afterwards. I see, and the, okay. MV, the, the MVP originally would get it, mm-hmm. but now it's sort of manifested into this team celebration. So I don't know if you saw. And like you get a war, like if you're, if you're one of the good players, you get a leg or something. Yeah. Like that. Like, yeah. It's a turkey leg. It's like the MVP of Thanksgiving. What if you're one of the bad players? You don't get anything. You yeah, get a lump of coal. Yeah, you get corn, you corn, sit, really dry. You get to sit at the kids' table. Yeah. poison. Yeah. <laughs> you get that canned bread that I saw with the other butter. Day. <laughs> average average player gets poison pizza. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, I don't know if you watched in the aftermath of the Seahawks game yesterday, but like half the 49ers team was there. Mm-hmm. Everybody was in on the food. Right. The best part is, is that Brock Purdy, despite having a huge role on the team, still acts and is treated like a rookie. Right. He's at the kids' table. He doesn't. He didn't even talk. They were like, Brock, how was it? He's like fine <laughs> and then and it was like kittle and warner and boza mm-hmm. right the big personality guys yeah so debo samuels there as well yeah. christian mccaffrey like see, is, is he in the mvp conversation i feel see, like he should be there's some conversation right now that if it doesn't go to a quarterback this year and maybe it shouldn't because wow. quarterback isn't so bad there's no quarterback that i can think of that's playing at an mvp level the issue though is that i think tyreek hill that Tyree right. Kill deserves to be in that conversation too. I think uh McCaffrey- which quarterback would you give it to right now? <sighs> Statistically, it's Brock Purdy. I know. Statistically. I know. But you're really gonna do that? No. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. You can't, I mean, can you, you can't give it to Hertz. You can't give it to Mahomes. It's such a weird one because mm-hmm. every year for the last 10 years, it's been a layup. It's been, you know what quarterback's going to get it. Yeah. There hasn't really been much debate. Or at, the, or at the very least, if there's been a debate, it's between like two or three guys out of all but unbelievable. Could uh, Lamar Jackson get it? I don't know. There's an option too. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, it's the Canucks and the Kraken tonight. That's That's a big game for both these teams. And then the Canucks will be playing the San Jose Sharks on Saturday. So on Monday, we'll have two Canucks games to recount, and hopefully they will uh, get back to their winning ways because they have lost three or four. They've only got two points in their last four games. So everything here today on Sportsnet 650, pregame, postgame, and the actual game. Keep it right here. But for now, we got to say goodbye. Signing off for another week. I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.